Welcome again to another episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. Again, this is our second episode of the 91st week in business, which is pretty exciting. I'm my name's Jared. I'm with the usual cohort of <laughs> I forgot my name for a second. I'm with the usual cohort of Lucas, Bart, Aiden, and Wyatt. Let's let's go straight into it. Um, the Athletic, not the Atlantic, if you listened to the last episode. The Athletic came out with an NBA player tier list. I mean, you know, there's really, we can go on and on, but Bart, lead us off. Where did they go right about this? Where did they go wrong? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of content here. I'm just going to work my way from the bottom up to the top. Let me start off. Tyrese Halliburton, as, as low as a 5A, is obnoxious. I, you know, I can't believe they, they, they did us like that. No, but in all seriousness, one near the bottom that really surprised me was Clay Thompson as a 4B. I don't understand that. I mean, their reasoning must be the fact that he's been injured for like two seasons, but I don't think injuries are a valid reason to bump somebody down. When he's healthy, he's like elite defensively, and he's arguably the best shooter in the NBA. That's like a two-something at least, I would say. 4B mm-hmm. seemed really weird for me, really low, so I didn't like that. Um, I found it weird that Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley yeah. were both the same. They're both rated as a 3B. Yeah. I don't think the Jazz would say that they are both equally valuable to them. I think Donovan Mitchell should either be higher or Mike Conley should be bumped a little bit. I'm not going to lean one way or the other. I'd probably say Conley should get bumped down, though. Uh, Devin Booker as a 3A also surprised me a little bit. I thought maybe mm-hmm. there's some uh, like negative post-finals bias against him. Um, he just he feels like like I know if you bumped him up to two C that's the same place that Chris Paul is and then it's like well a lot of people were saying Chris Paul is the MVP this year or in the running at least which suggests he's more important to the Suns than Devin Booker is I don't know if I buy that I think Devin Booker should get bumped up uh, Paul George love to hate on him he's too high uh, way too high I know his, Agreed. his regular season high. numbers were were really good again but again in the playoffs he was kind of a scrub so. Bump him down. Lucas, I'm talking to you on this one. Embiid is too low at 1B. Yes. 1B is really, really good, but he's still too low. Excuse me. He should be 2A, at 1B 2, instead of yeah, a 2A is yeah. what I was meaning to say. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a lot. He was in the MVP running last year. He should be higher. I think that's another case where, like, really his only weakness is injuries. I think that's what they mm-hmm. were going with, but I just don't subscribe to that. Uh, and lastly, lastly, Jokic is getting – the Nuggets are getting so much hate. They didn't get a, an opening day game. They didn't get a Christmas Day game, and now Jokic isn't rated in 1A. Like, <laughs> I know we talk about advanced stats being crappy all the time, but he had the 10th best PER season last year of all time. There's no reason to suggest that he's going to be worse this year also. Mm-hmm. And they had him not in the 1A tier, even though he just won MVP. That blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I actually am also considering that maybe LeBron, it's LeBron's time to not be in the top tier anymore. We're I was going to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Um, so if you wanted to trade them, but I don't know that they were like capping how many people need to be in a certain category or not. But that, yeah, that was, mm-hmm. those were my main takeaways. Can we throw out some others we hate? No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think uh, Jokic was my number one. He's absolutely too low. I think Steph is also too low. I don't think Steph should be 1B. I think Steph should be 1A at this point oh. in his career. He, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Warriors last season. He's the only reason they were even moderately relevant. He had one of the better seasons of his career last year. And I think, like, if you're going to... I mean, like, obviously some of this is depending on dependent on other ratings in this. But, like, if LeBron's 1A at this point, I think Steph has to be 1A. Mm. Like, you, I think yeah. there's a pretty compelling case to be made that Steph was better last season than LeBron. Obviously, like, injuries factor in and everything like that. But if you're not going to count uh, that against LeBron, then I don't think you should count it against Steph either. 
Uh, also, I don't, I don't, I never understand the love for Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is absolutely not <laughs> the 14th you. best player in Thank the NBA. There's <laughs> absolutely no one should consider him that. He's a elite defensive player, mm. but he's who, his who offensive game is not. He's I have the same thought. Yeah. No, I don't know. He just doesn't have an impact. Like you watch the Jazz, and he just like doesn't have the impact on the game that you would have. I think he's like probably the, the maybe the second, probably the second most important person on that team. Like I, the fact that Donovan Mitchell is ranked, what is it, eleven spots below him doesn't sit right with me either. I also think Bam Adebayo is a little bit too high, but I'm yeah. a little bit more okay with that ranking. But yeah, I, I think that I those that two too. centers right next to each other is a little. I don't know. I don't think yeah. either are top twenty NBA players. If we're being real. Yeah, yeah. One that I hate was Julius Randle being in four A. Dude got MVP votes this year. How dare you? You have in the, in the same <laughs> tier as Kemba Walker. What the like? Uh-huh. I, I and Joe Harris. I mean, like, no disrespect, but I the dude was averaging like twenty four, twenty five a game. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't. Understand. Here's another one I hate too. Damian Lillard being a 2B in the same class as Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert is so disrespectful to him. He's 2A at least on the same level as Luka. Anthony Davis should be a 2B. Like, they should have swapped him, I, I think. Yeah, I also Anthony don't think Anthony Davis is one of the top 10 mm. best players in the league. He, he's ranked number 9 right now according to this list, and mm. I think that he should probably be dropped out of the top 10. Maybe top 13, but, you know, not not after last year. Yeah. What's yeah. shocking to me is that he was a 2A last year and he's also 2A this year. Yeah. I would have thought that they just made him a 2A because they, you know, he was higher last year. But there's no way that you can say that that you feel just as good about Anthony Davis like going into this season as you did going into like last season, for example. Right. I, oh. I do like if we're gonna slightly shift more positively. I think the the, the little cluster of Embiid, Luca, and Dame is like a good cluster that deserves to be sort of in the same which I think they're all really elite players, but haven't sort of proven that they can like drag their team to a title or like really do it when the playoffs come around in a way that like overrides things. So like I know Bart, you said Embiid should be higher, but I like maybe his tier should be higher, but I like his placement around guys like Luca and Dame. Like it feels like the similar sort of genre of player um, yeah. that I would put him in. Agreed. He's got super the young super max too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Those guys also, all feel like ones who could be one B. Yeah. yeah yeah anyway. i do yeah I, I think they should be like dame should be a 2a i think the order is right though like kind of what lucas was saying that Embiid's better than luca right now and i think luca's better than dame just a little bit in terms of lucas total game but uh just because his rebounds are a little bit better but yeah <laughs> any other uh reactions to this list uh, I just wanted to say I'm curious to see if Ross as a 3C holds this season when he looks like as a Laker. I thought that was interesting because he has yeah. like, a, you know, what is it, three straight triple-double seasons now? Yeah, he's in the, he's in the same tier as Ben Simmons. That's not right. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Ben, I thought about right. saying Ben Simmons doesn't deserve to be on the list. <laughs> um, Honestly. He, yeah. Russell Westbrook sits alongside Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Jalen Brown, Pascal Siakam, and Zach Levine as the players that he's... Huh comparable to which i think i don't know yeah, i will say shout out to the love for my boy shy gillis alexander who did make mm-hmm. the list i think you know sometimes he gets buried in oklahoma you know yeah. and 
That's being true. a 3B, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, a Sixers-specific one, the fact that Seth Curry is a higher tier than Tobias Harris is weird to me. Like Tobias yeah. Harris, absolutely. Like, like He was not great the last couple games of the playoffs, and Seth was, but I think the only reason, like, if you watch the Sixers' body of work this season, um, like... If you only watch the last three games, you'd think Seth Curry is better than Tobias Harris. But like the way Harris played throughout the year, he's a much better defender. Uh, he provides something different to them, for them. And I think that like Seth Curry is a good shooter, but like he didn't impact games the way that Tobias Harris did this past year. So that one's a weird to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. One I want to throw out that someone I usually enjoy crapping on, but I'm gonna change my tune a little here. Andrew Wiggins is. He was a 5A. I, Andrew Wiggins was pretty good last year. He was like 18 points a game. He was like a lot more efficient than usual. Oh, he shot like 38% from three. Like if you look at the other guys in 5A, he I don't think he belongs there. Right he's, underneath he's Alex that. Caruso. Yeah. <laughs> and right above Whoever just like six points a game. Like I get that Alex Caruso, you know, it's, it's the little He's thing, a cultural icon. I just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, I, I don't get it. Okay. I'm looking at this list and I'm thinking... I might be wrong about Gordon Hayward because apparently everybody seems to love him, putting him, you know, above guys like Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, Lamelo Ball. I don't know, which mean, which implies that Gordon Hayward was more of a driving force for the Charlotte, uh, for Charlotte than Lamelo Ball was. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't get that. Yeah. I'm definitely curious how this yeah. list was made. If it was Me like too. a bunch of people submitting and then they just like consolidated it all, or yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like, like, it seems like criteria might have been inconsistent. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, like the fact that Bogdan Bogdanovich and Bojan Bogdanovich are right next to each other in the rankings. That seems. <laughs> no, it's it's a, no, it's it's. I was just looking at it. It's an alpha. The tiers are alphabetically oh, okay. al, uh, are in alphabetical order. That's why. I was just okay, looking at it. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's why. Lucas, you know what yeah. that is? That's the human brain automatically trying to find patterns in things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I still stand by though that Embiid, Luca, Dame are in the right spots. If if they if it was ranked, yeah, yeah. I think that that's like the correct sorting of those guys. Mm-hmm. But they should all be in it. Yeah, yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. So do do we agree that Giannis is the objectively best player? In yeah, right now. I was yeah, yeah. 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 He's also first alphabetically in the 1A tier, so he's number one on the list. <laughs> it's not alphabetical, though. Yeah, it is. Like, oh, I, th- I think it is. It's it's Giannis, yeah, Kevin, it LeBron. No, and then it's J, K, N, S on the next tier, then it's A, J, L for the next tier, and then it's D, J, P. It's not R. But if you go down to... J is not alphabetical. I don't, yeah. B. Yeah, Lucas is right. This is great yeah, for an audio podcast. No, no, it's by it's by first name. It's by first name, isn't it? Five minutes late. <laughs> oh, it is by first name, not last name. Yeah, it's alphabetical okay. by first name. Okay. Oh, by first name. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, so that's so why that Andrew Wiggins and Alex Caruso are right next to each other. <laughs> I, that's what tipped me off. I was like, That's what? why Tyrese Halliburton's so low. <laughs> T is okay. pretty well, then, in the and I take back everything I said about the whole Russell Westbrook thing. He's probably a lot higher than this. <laughs> He's still in the same tier as guys that he was with. Though. I guess it is still a tier list. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a tier list. Yeah. Why is there anyway. no five B out of curiosity? Is that just too demeaning? 
just like who's even left at this point like, <laughs> yeah. this is, all the players. is that Cheating. all the players in the NBA at this point? Yeah. No, it's not. But... No, this should be four but... players per team. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. Let's move on to our our <laughs> last. Let's move on to our last segment. Um, this was inspired by, according to Lucas, Wyatt uttered a sentence that has never been said in the history of the English language when he said that. Florida is the Penn State of the SEC. In honor of these words, we are going to pick brother slash sister programs for top college programs in college football. The obvious rule is that the sister and brother team must be in a different conference than their own conference. Um, let's start it off. Th- this first one was just for me. I really wanted to see what people said for this one. The Washington State Cougars. Lucas, who do you got on this? Before we start, I do have a qualifying question. Do we have to say whether it's a brother or sister program? Like, do we have to no, say I just... like, gender? Is... <laughs> just okay. Equal opportunities. <laughs> equal opportunity. Okay. Washington State is the Texas Tech of the Pac-12. Let me give oh, you a few okay. reasons. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, like neither that. have really been that good throughout their history, but have had small blips of relevancy, hey. both of which came kidding. recently. Wazoo won the Pac-12 um, in 97 and 02. Not much other than that. Texas Tech even less. They've never even won a conference title. In 2008, they won their division. Yikes. But I don't know. They have like small times of relevancy. Like in the late 2000s when Mike Leach first came, they were pretty good and consistently ranked in like the top 15 or so. Um, both of them are not the best team in their state. Uh, Wazoo has UW. Uh, Tech has A&M and University of Texas and arguably Baylor as well. Uh, so they're maybe even the fourth best team in their state. Both have produced elite NFL quarterbacks in recent years. Mahomes at Texas Tech, Gardner Minshew from Washington State, um, and Mike Leach. <laughs> that, that one was for you, Jared. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Mike Leach has coached both of them and sort of instilled like that high-flying, pass-heavy offense, which is part of both of their identities. So, I, uh, yeah, I'm going Washington State as the Texas Tech in the Pac-12. And what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty reasonable. I'm going to say literally any other state team. Oh, maybe that's too broad. But <laughs> there's definitely a pattern where, like, the state team is, like, the little brother to, like, another yeah. university in their mm-hmm. state. Like, Washington State to Washington, Oklahoma State to Oklahoma, so Oregon State. State to Oregon. Nope, there are no exceptions, Wyatt. My, my <laughs> the University of Ohio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, was, uh, Ohio University is going to, yeah, or University of Ohio. Is I don't know which one it actually is. Uh, but... Um, but the the specific one I'm going to pick is Iowa State. I think both mm. have kind of seen like small revivals in the past few years where it seems like they might like overtake their in-state rival for a little bit, but then they like failed to do so. Um, as you alluded to, because like Wazoo has like had some pretty good years under Mike Leach. In 2018, yeah. they were 11 and 2. There were definitely times at which they felt like they were like seriously in contention. Um, but they still lost to UW in the final like regular season game of this of, of the season. Um, and then lost the conference. Um, and Iowa State, like they they won their second Big Twelve title ever last year. So congrats to Iowa State. Uh, but they've lost five straight to Iowa, dating back to 2015. Um, so they're they're still definitely like little brother. Um, and yeah, in terms of other similarities between Iowa State and um, Wazoo, vaguely the same red color, closish red color. Um, so that's that's big. Um, but but yeah, one other candidate that I considered was Oklahoma State. Yes, 
Yeah, because yeah, for, for kind of a lot of the reasons mentioned earlier, and also because they both had kind of crazy coaches named Mike. Yes. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> All right, let's go back over to Aiden for UCF. Who is their counterpart? Yeah, maybe this is the boring choice, but like I feel like Boise State was was the OG um like UCF and that they're always like we deserved it like let us in kind of thing like I feel like they kind of paved the way for that um I think in terms of like some other options you you could have like Appalachian State it's another like FCS team uh that kind of made it big um you got the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana a team that's kind of come over the past few years but it's still like definitely second fiddle in their state and UCF is I mean not second fiddle they're probably like fourth fiddle in their state um but but yeah, so I'm going to Boise State, I think, is my, my first choice. Yeah. Um, I went a little more abstract this, with this one, and I said UCF is the Oregon of the AAC. Mm. Oh. Um, mm. So I don't like Oregon. We've established this is not necessarily a pro-Oregon podcast. I know there's some anti-Oregon things, <laughs> but I think the comparisons are undeniable, and we love UCF. Both, I think, are sort of exciting and fun brands who are often disrespected by the national media. UCF, because they play in a smaller conference. Oregon, because they play on the West Coast. We talk about West Coast bias, anti-West Coast bias all the time on here. Yes. It's the same. <laughs> um, both playing conferences that are consistently left out of the college football playoff, even though the UCF case is more egregious. They've been undefeated and been left out and whatever, but the Pac-12 doesn't get a lot of respect. The AAC doesn't get a lot of respect. Um, they're both consistently the best teams in those conferences as well. And they both had really high levels of success in recent years. Consistently interesting uniforms. If you haven't checked out UCF's uniforms, they're usually pretty cool as well. So I'm going with Oregon uh, as UCF's sister program. Interesting. I feel like we're going to have a lot of repeats on this list. We'll, we'll see here. Uh, <laughs> let's go over to the south. or I guess we were already in the south. Let's go to Georgia. Bart, who is who is George's uh, counterpart? Yeah, this I struggled with this one the most. I think I don't love this comparison, but I'm going with Penn State. Mm. So the, my, I thought it was Florida. No, I'm just kidding. I I, know, I was waiting for somebody to say that as well. Unfortunately, <laughs> we did not say that there's a one to one mapping between all schools. So uh, <laughs> Georgia gets to gets to double up. I'm sorry, Penn State gets to double up. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, they're both like pretty storied programs historically, right? Um, t- like recently speaking, they're both they they both like that like two to three loss range. Georgia's been a little bit more consistent, but like Penn State, like they're both usually basically teams that are very likely to be in that upper tier. Um, right now, they both like sneak in a conference championship here and there. They both won one in the past five years, but they're also both currently playing second fiddle to like a higher power um, with, <laughs> uh, with Ohio State and Alabama, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then, like, so, like, in that same vein, I think they're both kind of in the same tier of, like, CFP expectations. Like, as good as Georgia is as recruiting, they've only been in the college playoff once. Penn State yeah. hasn't made it at all. And I think this year is probably going to be more of the same. They're both going to be, like, maybe in, in that, on the cusp of it, but not quite hitting it. So, Penn State's my choice. Jared, would you agree? I'm assuming you know. No, I don't agree. There are big school or Big Ten mm-hmm. schools I considered. I considered Ohio State, but... That was too generous to Georgia. Ohio State, Ohio State's real counterpart is probably Alabama, to be honest. Michigan, a little too generous to Michigan. 
And then Nebraska was another one I was thinking in the Big Ten, but because of the historical lineage. But that's way too generous to Nebraska right now, considering Georgia actually has had recent success. So I actually went with an ACC school called Florida State. They both have had like decent, uh, like recent success. Like obviously Georgia's success has been more recent, but they aren't at the top of their conferences anymore. Obviously, they're both in the South. They both have the potential to be like a national championship, a national champion. And their historical winning percentages are within like 15 percentage points. So like they're actually like pretty similar. Florida State is... um, uh, I'm assuming you mean like... Oh yeah, I mean um, 15 (laughs) hundreds. Is is it 15 thousands? Yeah, 15 thousand points within each other. Um, And uh, what was I going to say? Florida State's a lot is actually like a lot younger program than Georgia, but I think the historical lineage is there for both of them. So that's where I went. Um, how about Wisconsin though, Lucas? What do you what do you say for Wisconsin? Well, I'm going to use a name that's already been thrown out there before for Wisconsin, and I'm going to say Wisconsin is the Georgia of the Big Ten. I think they like <laughs> them and like Penn State and Georgia, and like all those teams are in sort of a similar. Uh, type vein um they're always going to be competitive both wisconsin and georgia at least in my lifetime but neither has won a national title since i've been alive even though they're both fixtures in the top 10 i think wisconsin's level of success has been a little bit more sustained um than penn state's has so that's why i chose penn state or wisconsin because it was between those two for me um and even though i think georgia overall has been better they they're always sort of in that similar range they both produce really great running backs throughout their history wisconsin Ron Dane, Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor, Monty Ball, Georgia has Herschel Walker, Noshaw Marino, Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, and in doing research on this, I found a guy named Frank Sinkwich, which I just think is like a fun name, <laughs> that apparently was dominant in the 40s. Uh, so oh. not only are they both always competitive, but they like have similar sort of talent factories. Um, and both are often outshined by bigger brands in their own conference. I'd say you guys definitely outshined by... Bama, also probably Florida, LSU, maybe Auburn, um, whereas Wisconsin, I think, is outshined brand-wise by Ohio State, Michigan, and maybe even Penn State. Okay. Bart, who Bart, do you say? Don't do say do? Georgia. <laughs> you got me. No, I'm kidding. I, I would have felt so dumb for saying Georgia after I did Georgia and not saying Wisconsin. Um, so I, I'm going back to the West Coast. I'm saying Washington. Ooh, I like that. So interesting. here's an interesting, uh, an interesting factoid for you. Both of them are super consistent. I realized neither of them has had a losing season in over a decade, which actually surprised me. Mm. Uh, both of them, if I'm not mistaken, are kind of referred to like kind of what Lucas was saying about uh, talent factories in specific position groups. I've heard Washington referred to as DBU, and Wisconsin, of course, is referred to as O-line U. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. They're not the same, but I don't care. Both of them, again, <laughs> kind of like with Penn State and Georgia, they're in a similar uh, like loss group, usually like three to five-ish. Um, and then, like again, I think they're both going to be on a similar trajectory this year for playoff expectations. Um, like I think Wisconsin's ranked 12th and Washington is 20th. So we'll see how they do, but I don't think either of them are going to be sniffing it anyway. So, yeah. They're also both referred to as UW in their respective mm-hmm. regions, which Ooh. I think Dude, is I, interesting. I literally Good meant to point. say that they both are yeah. W. I, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Thank Some, you. I heard somebody in in somebody in the mid um, the Midwest refer to Wisconsin as UW, 
And I was like, what, why are you talking about Wisconsin as UW? It's Washington. And uh, yeah, they both, they both refer to them that way. How dare <laughs> they? Right. Um, <laughs> Oregon, Wyatt, who do you, who do you say there? Uh, you know, it's funny. Luke has mentioned it earlier. I actually went with UCF. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I went, <laughs> I went much bigger. I went Texas. I think first and oh, foremost, I love the uniforms bigger? in Texas. Uh, I like the colors and Oregon is known yeah. for their big uniforms. And I think they're big brands with less to show for it. Uh, right now, I think Oregon is more talented than Texas. But, yeah. you know, they really don't put a whole lot of guys in the NFL outside of like Penny Sewell's. I can name Marcus Mariota. Like they're they're not a talent factory, I guess you could say, the same way a lot of these other schools are. They're talented and they run a, a, their style very well. Oregon does. But both teams are kind of just like you couldn't really name six guys on their roster. <laughs> wow, that's harsh. <laughs> I I went with uh, North Carolina. Actually, they both they both have like good uniforms. I like the powder blue, and obviously Oregon has Nike. North Carolina has Jordan uh, Jordan brand, where Michael Jordan went. Honestly, the other school I was thinking you guys are going to be shocked by this was Clemson. But I was like, no, nah, that was a little too generous to Oregon. So I, I couldn't do it. But I was thinking another ACC, ACC school, so I went in North Carolina. They have a super exciting offense. They could have a really exciting offense this year with Sam Howell again. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued to see how they do that. With Is this Matt Brown's third year now or second year? Second or third? I'm not sure which one. Third, but, I think. Yeah, third, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Over. <clears throat> Obviously, they're going to lose to Notre Dame, but after that, wish him luck. So, who won't this year? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, let's go over to Texas A&M. I'm pretty excited to hear what people say for this one. Wyatt, what do you say? Uh, Bart mentioned them earlier, and I'm going to steal it. But I'm going to go with Florida State. And I think that we're kind of waiting for. <laughs> I both mentioned programs. them earlier. Oh, did, did you mention them earlier? Yeah. It, it was not me. Okay, my bad. Um, <laughs> We're waiting for this. I think we're both waiting for both Texas A&M and Florida State to kind of break through where they have been. I think that they've kind of sat in the middle of their conference for a while as far as like uh, talent wise goes. And they both had a heyday. Let's say the Johnny Menzel days. And then Florida State obviously had like the Jameis Winston days. But they haven't really gotten back up to there yet. And they're promising, but both not exactly... um, you know, have have fulfilled their destiny yet? Let's say, Jared, uh, Bart. Jared stole mine. He took it last time. I was so close to being unique with North Carolina, but that's what oh, I'm going Jared with. Stole oh. mine. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, so first of all, historical is like what was my basis for stuff. They're pretty similar historically, similar bowl records and uh, appearance numbers. Um, UNC doesn't have a title. A M has one in like. 1935 or something like that one that i don't care about in other words so they're oh similar that way too I, I mean come on let's be honest with each other um just like with georgia and penn state they both are kind of like limited in their conference dominance because of higher powers in this case it's clemson um another cool fact that i latched onto i'm pretty sure these are the only two schools in the country that can say this that they recently hired coaches who won a title at another school so they're both running Mac Brown and Jimbo, right? So that's interesting. Um, and they both had, like, relevant seasons last year. Like, Texas and A&M got as high as four. North Carolina got as high as five. And this year they're both – I mean, A&M's getting like, a lot of hype, but I think they're both going to be like, quite good this year. So yeah, that's what I'm going with. 
Yeah, why well, I don't I can't remember if you mentioned this, but Jimbo Fisher also coached at both. Yeah, both I, the I mean, there's there's also a connection as well, but yeah, that's not where my basis was. Gotcha. <laughs> Second to last, we got another AC school. The ACC is getting some love in this segment. Uh, Miami, Florida. I'll, I'll start this one off. Honestly, I didn't really have a good counter. I kind of think they're pretty unique. I'm not really sure they have a great counterpart. I just like kind of went with a joke answer, SMU, uh, for getting the death penalty and Miami coming close to getting the death penalty for their football program. I would say the closest actual parallel, though, is probably USC, just in terms of like being in LA and like Miami. Aiden, did you say the same thing? That I did. Yeah. <laughs> Tragic, but but continue. I'll, I'll let you up the first word. No, that's it. Just uh, honestly, that's all I have is that USC is their counterpart, probably. Yeah, yeah. I went with USC because I was looking for a team that was like once hated, like partially for their dominance, partially because they deserve to be hated, um, and are now like less relevant. Um, like also, like um, both are in like very flashy locales. Like Miami and LA are probably the two like flashiest cities in the US, um, though. Yeah, but anyone feel free to chime in with cities you think are sexier than those two. Um, but like, yeah, in the in the early to, to mid 2000s, USC was dominant, right? Um, from 2002 to 2008, their lowest like final AP ranking was fourth. Um, and that included two back-to-back championships in 2003, 2004. It kind of mirror, mirrors like the late 80s, early 90s of the Hurricanes where from 1986 to 92, they had across seven seasons they never finished lower than third and won three national championships um but in terms of like the key element here of like being hated um obviously miami was a controversial team um and usc can't totally live up to like the the bad boys kind of um aspect of that but they did have their own controversies with reggie bush and you know the heisman and all the wins from 2005 being vacated um both also the famous rivalry with nd so um shout out that um and yeah and and like since those periods of dominance both have just kind of like irrelevance is a strong word um but they always like look somewhat threatening and then just inevitably disappoint i feel like in the last like 10 years like usc and miami have not been like top top tier teams even if they're like still obviously programs that we talk about a lot um so i think those are they're they're pretty um pretty similar you're right though jared that like miami's pretty singular and like their like the um kind of emotions they evoke (laughs) yeah definitely and last but not least probably not least we have uh tcu i'm starting this one again (laughs) another team that was mentioned already i'm going boise state when i was starting to watch college football tcu and boise state were the bracket busters the bcs busters they actually they were both in the mountain west i believe and boise state's they're both like similar size. So Boise State's like 16,000 TCU's like 10,000 students. They played each other in the 29, uh, 2009 to 2010 Fiesta Bowl. Uh, and Boise State had like Kellen Moore. Andy Dalton was TCU's starting quarterback back in the day. It's kind of hard to remember that that was wh- where it was back in the day. And um, uh, obviously Boise State had their win against in the Fiesta Bowl against uh, Oklahoma. And um, TCU had their big win against Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl to the next year in 2011 so i thought they're like pretty similar i definitely can kind of see those teams uh, in tandem with each other wyatt what's your pick i went with boston college <laughs> you want to just get boston college i, do, I love boston college I, <laughs> I think that they both have a chance to put uh put good defenses out there i when i think 
of TCU. Defenses. I, yeah, when I think of TCU, I think of talented DBs. And when I think of Boston mm. College, I think of a lot of the similar thing. I think when you you I think more defense out of TCU than I do offense. And I feel the same way when I when I think about Boston College. <clears throat> They're small, they have a chance to make a little bit of noise. They're like a tough competitive team that you play in your conference, but you beat them every time. You know, like they're they're there and they'll let you know that they're there, but they're not going to kick your butt or anything like that. Or, you know, let's say a Penn State who would let's just toss Penn State out there who would uh, <laughs> actually have a chance of upsetting, you know, the juggernaut in that conference. Yeah. And I love Boston College, but yeah, you do. <laughs> that'll do it with the second half of our week 91 episode. Uh, thank you for listening to both parts. If you're thinking to yourself, oh, wait, I didn't listen to the first part. Go back and listen to the first part. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram, and you might have a conversation with one of the five of us because we're very interactive on there. Uh, Again, thank you all, and we'll see you guys next week.